Round two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> I'm actually pretty stoked on that new Mortal Kombat movie that's about to come out, but that's completely separate <laughs> from the fact. Uh, where were we at on that? Oh, talking about working with bands um, that don't necessarily like you or agree with something, but you maintain a professional attitude with them. Yeah, and uh, and they and I think that it's reciprocated. They do the same with mm -hmm. me. So, um, and uh, I don't dislike really anybody in the music scene at all, mostly because uh, I'd have to, you know, I mean, they somebody really have to do something really horrible to me for me to dislike them, uh, like. Uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I just I try to get along with everybody. I try to maintain professional relationships. Um, I don't like watching bands, like, get self-destructive. It, it kind of sucks watching them implode themselves. Um, and it's just a, like, I wish I could, huh? Well, talking about the, like, implosion thing, dude, that was the thing I was worried about with the pandemic. Like, bands like you and, band, and Mantra and other bands I'm used to seeing all the time, you know? Like not seeing you guys wondering what's going on that's why i started reaching out to you more and talking to you more is because i wanted to i wanted to make sure everything was still good i didn't want like how you're talking about like the, the band self-imploding i wanted to just make sure the people that i liked are good right yeah man i, I always appreciate you reaching out because like uh out of all the people in the, the music community uh i'd say you've probably reached out to me the most uh, besides chris davis mm -hmm. uh, who's also a killer he's, dude yeah he's one of the nicest guys around man um, dude, we uh, I want I, I do want to talk about Muncie for a minute. Um, Muncie has one of the strongest scenes right now in terms of talent. Mm -hmm. um, I've never seen Muncie be this talented in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, you got I, I think Quartet Six isn't active anymore, but we did have them. Uh, we had yes. Cocaine Culture, Dreams and Madness, Dovin's Gate, whatever you want to call them. Uh, now they're called Dovin's Gate. Um, Demons of Rathica, uh, Legion. Uh, Hell, Hell Came Home, uh, Mantra of Morta, and uh, every single one of these bands has like has like a very proficient level of musicianship, and like there's been bands where just they were real simple and and just you know just played to have fun and just mm -hmm. you know just rocked, and now it's like you got music has changed like music is changing mm -hmm. and. Uh, You'd almost hear that like people have more of a their own perspective on what music should be. I think co cocaine culture actually is a really good example of that. Um, I would also say Montreal Morta is a good example of that um, because it seems like Jesse doesn't sound like anybody else, and their music is like really, really different. Like, mm -hmm. They got some really nasty riffs yeah. in a good way. No, I get what you mean. <laughs> and. Uh, Thomas, I think he's one hell of a lead guitar player, dude. Um, Pickles, oh, dude, don't even get me started on yeah. his drumming. I mean, just all the members in that band are just incredibly talented and proficient. And, and they're uh, all good people. Yeah, dude, and their their music is just so so refreshing. Like, I I can't like go and listen to another uh, band that sounds like them to me. Like, they don't sound like Lamb of God, you know. They don't sound like uh, Killswitch Engage. They don't sound like Arch Enemy. They don't sound like any of these bands. Mm. You know what I mean? They have kind of have their own thing going on, and uh, despite just being really heavy and nasty and and but they also are super beautiful and just yeah. purely aesthetic, uh, sonically. And uh, uh, the best, the best, one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life uh, was when they were playing at Mosh Up to Mass Four. Um, 
it was just so I literally cried. I fucking cried during their sex. It was just fucking beautiful. And just man, dude, I just I was so motivated by that show. The the only show I'd ever seen before that that where a band played better or I wouldn't even say better because this, that show took this spot. But I saw Megadeth in 2017 and it was the most sonically amazing show I'd ever seen mm-hmm. at the time. And then fast forward to um Monster of the Masses 4. Not only did those sound guys like just make them sound amazing, they sounded amazing on their own too. Mm. So, I mean, it was just the perfect storm for them, dude. I've just never like, and it the show for me didn't start until she came down for those hooks, man. And once she came down for those hooks, shit got real, dude. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn, they're killing it. And I was just never, I, I don't think I'd ever been so proud of a local band before. Um, I mean, I have been super proud, but that was a moment where I was like, this is magic. Like, this, it doesn't get better than this. Yeah. This is the best, you know? And, uh, and then Hell Came Home played right after them, and, and, uh, I, I can't say that they, they replicated that exact magic, but they played an amazing set, mm-hmm. too. And, uh, that was when I was like, dude, this bassist sounds amazing. That dude's rig was killer. Yes. Uh, Kyle I, Miser, yeah, man, I, that dude has the best sound of rig I've ever heard. I wasn't down there when their set started. But the bass is what drew me down. I walked down the hill to the stage, and I was like, dude, this fucking guy, like, what the hell is he playing? Like, I want to see this. And I just stood for, like, 15 minutes, pretty much right in front of where he was playing, just absorbing it. That whole night was cool, though. I enjoyed everything about that. (laughs) I did some fun stuff that night that I probably shouldn't talk about on camera, (laughs) but it was a a good time, man. It was a... Man, that was a magical night. Uh, I don't think I've ever been so proud of a band in my life for playing so good. I mean, like, and then watching them ever since, which being at the Water Bowl outside is just kind of a really good mm-hmm. good treat. It's nice to have that open area without so much reflections and so much standing waves and being able to hear the music just flow past yeah. you. Rap, you know what I'm saying? It's a different experience of being inside a building where everything's just mm-hmm. accumulating in sound and sound and just kind of turning into a bunch of mud. So I'd probably plays a huge role in me not seeing them play such an amazing set sense. I mean, they're, they're, all their sets are amazing, but mm-hmm. that one was just magic. I've, I mean, it's the best performance I've seen, mm-hmm. like, t- to this day. And to think that it's a local band from my area is, like, an honor, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I love all the bands around here. There's not a band around here I don't like. There's not a person in these bands that I don't like. You know? And that's that's special because, like... I mean, there's there's people, bad eggs in this community, but they weeded themselves out. They're mm-hmm. gone, you know? I mean, they're still around, but they, they they have nothing to do with this scene, you know? And now it's just like we all get along. We all will play together. We all just... It's like a little tight-knit community. And um, we don't suffer a lot of the, the the negativity that some of the other places do. And and I think that that, that makes it special, too. Um you know, I'm really proud of the guys in Losing September for, dude, they've been at it for like 12, thir- about 13 years now, mm-hmm. just pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, they never gave up. They never stopped. And they rotate members out here and there, and they just stay on it, mm-hmm. man. And you know what? I, I got respect for that. And now they got like a nine-year-old kid playing drums for him, and he's killing it. Yeah. Man. I watched the videos from that. Dude, that kid... And Nick in that band, he's just a phenomenal guitar player in person. And yeah, he's I actually, in the same boat as you now. He has twins <laughs> and he's a new dad uh i'm not sure how old they are now but i mean it's still new obviously yeah. his first kids so yeah. i can only imagine man i mean he had when the battles that he's faced i mean he he beat cancer mm-hmm. uh successfully went into remission um 
hope he always stays there. Same, dude. Um, Nick's one of my favorite people, dude. He's um, actually, I need to talk about them for a minute because um, there came a time where nobody would give us a chance. Like, I couldn't even get half the people in the music community around here to even message me back to talk to me, you know? And uh, mostly because they probably didn't know who I was. And oh. I was probably just, you know, some guy to them that, yeah. just, you know how it is where people just message you and you don't know who they are and they're just like trying to make mm-hmm. conversation with you. Like, and you bring up of, that tight knit thing too. A lot of musicians don't like to work with bands they don't know or they've never heard of. Right. And uh, Luke, uh, Bruce and uh, Nick from Losing in September, they were one of the only people that ever took a chance on us at first. Because um, the, the Loser Fest was like our first real show. Mm-hmm. We played two shows before that at that rinky-dink little punk cowgirl place that weren't even real serious shows. Our second show, I think, was with Mantra, and that's how I met them. Mm-hmm. I'd heard them before because I'd saw them every year at the Loser Fest for a yeah. couple years before that. They used to have a, another vocalist, uh, an, a male vocalist. Um, actually prefer them just with the, the single Same. single vocalist. No offense to the other. They've been through oh, two he had different a, He had a good vocalists. voice and stuff, but yeah. like it's just like... I just I just prefer uh, listening to the band as is now with mm-hmm. just Jesse because uh, she does have something special and I, I appreciate that. Uh, but you know, move, going back to losing September, they they're the only ones that really really gave me a shot, and uh, so they put us on the bill. At the time, we were booked as Celtic Battle Gods. That was before we were Demons of Wrathica, because mm-hmm. um, we kept cycling through names until we found one. We were we had three names up until Demons of Wrathica. It was Born in Blood, Celtic Battle Gods, and then finally Demons of Wrathica. And uh, so we played that show as uh, Celtic Battle Gods. <clears throat> they originally billed us as Born in Blood, but we changed the name in the middle of that. And uh, they gave us a shot. They put us, like, early in the middle middle part of the set and uh, let us do our thing. Uh, they they gave us tickets to sell. We sold the shit out of their tickets. You did every year you played <laughs> that, man. We were, I remember that distinctly. Yeah, well, it's it's a I kind of have a little bit of a salesmanship mentality and I think that you have to have that to be able to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. You could be in a successful band like Hell Came Home and not be able to sell tickets, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. because like, you know, I imagine that those guys don't really have the time to push shit mm-hmm. like that and I love to do it. You know, and that's one thing is like bands you travel too to people. You don't always expect them to come to you. You show up to them, which is a a good thing. I will locally. I won't drive yeah. like out of town yeah. to sell somebody a ticket. <laughs> um, I've even had to mail people tickets uh, with, and have them PayPal me money or send me a check or something. Um, but I, I just like to sell tickets. I'm good at it. Um, I don't mind doing it. And that's why, you know, people probably will judge us for taking shows where we sell tickets on, but I'm just like, I'm good at it. So, you well, know, it's, it's, it's why not, why not try to um, ex- exploit my own yeah. strengths, I guess, you know? And, um, well, I don't like selling, I don't like the idea of selling tickets because I feel like I feel like the promoters that do that bank on you not selling any, mm-hmm. you know, or just selling enough to make them money. And uh, losing September actually didn't do that to us. They uh, they even gave us a you know a little bit of a guarantee on top of our sales tickets, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it was like to try to help us like not if in case the tickets didn't sell well, we could at least at least make yeah. something because they knew that people would come to watch us. But um, and then we you know sold the hell out of tickets and. Um, we always make pretty good money at those shows because of how many tickets we can sell and uh, I mean it's getting to the point where I'm just about to be like hey guys you want to just you know throw us a little guarantee and you know 
you guys can take <laughs> some of the ticket profits instead. You know, yeah. it's like I mean we were making like two hundred fifty dollars off a show just playing like just because of the fest. ticket sales. Yeah, I mean it's just like and that's a huge chunk of money that they could have yeah. used for revenue. Because I mean really we're a local band, you know, we're probably worth more like hundred hundred fifty bucks, mm-hmm. you know with the draw that we can bring that, to a show like that. That's a good thing about losing September though. Uh, Cause they, like you said, dude, they've been at it 12, 13 years now. They know the grind. They know what it's like. They remember probably not making shit at shows to making $250 at a show. And it's, they want bands to feel what they're feeling. I have a similar history with them. When I was in Leviathan and rising, losing September always booked us on shows with them. When I was in the Zara, Losing September always booked us on shows with them. Cocaine Culture, we've played a fuck ton of shows with Losing September, and we're two different sounding bands. It's because they're always helpful. That's yeah. what, that's. I think that, and the, the one thing I like about them is they will book local bands from other regions, yeah. but they really do, it seems like they do, uh, the bands that really help themselves, mm-hmm. they will help them out, you know, and that's kind of why they helped us out so much. Because, uh, I mean, I was, I was pretty good friends with Bruce, you know, in the early 2000 or 2010s uh i kind of got i kind of met him at docks and then wasn't really close to him then but then i started playing as open mic nights at folly moon and that's kind of really where my localness started playing out and stuff mm-hmm. in the, around, around the 2012 2013 yeah. era and uh i started playing there in the silo up there open mics and started doing these russian gimmicks and i would talk shit to the crowd and be like not in russia older capitalist peaks you know <laughs> and it, I, I liked it because i would get heat on me i had a guy that had been in the military come up to me and get shitty with me after the show i'm like dude it's just a gimmick man you know it's it was fun though fun. it was it's fun, fun dude it was it was kind of cool playing like a wrestling style heel i'm not gonna get into that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know um so that's how i got connected with bruce because he would do the open mic nights mm. and started doing them with him and uh we had a couple super fucking awesome drunk nights and then just we connected even that was the first time i opened up for a local band he's like hey man i really like uh what you're doing you would you like to open up and play an acoustic set before we play and that was like the first real show i'd played in years like mm-hmm. at least three years four years maybe and uh so we i opened up for him and played some uh some acoustic tunes a couple covers and then uh i uh kind of just free-handed i started playing a losing september song and like just just out of the blue, and uh, everybody kind of went crazy because they were like, hey, "Who's this guy? And why is he playing their music?" <laughs> and they started singing along because it was uh, I can't remember what song it was. I wasn't even playing it right, but uh, I guess it was close enough because everybody knew the song. Um, <laughs> Feel betrayed or whatever. Oh, betrayed. betrayed. Yeah, yeah. That was the song I played, and uh, I was always a big fan of that album. That 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 album actually brought me back to appreciating local music mm-hmm. project mayhem album because uh the first album was okay i like it um i bought a copy of it off itunes but when the project mayhem came out i actually decided that i was going to buy a physical copy of it and i bought it and i listened to the shit out of that thing it was just i liked it man mm-hmm. it just it was definitely different than the first album they put out it's my it's my favorite thing they've done so far and uh it was inspiring to see how hard they tried to be as uh good sounding as they did mm-hmm. they obviously put a lot of money in their recordings going to professional studios and stuff and i admire that because they're really trying to sound good and, and be a professional band and uh i'm kind of trying not to do that i'm trying to be more raw um mm-hmm. I want, i'm going to record our own stuff i'm going to record real amps that's uh, what i was going to 
draw into the conversation. It's, you mentioned on Facebook you're you're gonna record an album. What's yeah. that gonna look like? Uh, well, it'll have like I think I can't remember how many songs on it. Somewhere around fifteen songs. Oh wow! It's a uh, stuff you've probably heard before yeah. if you've heard us live. Um, because we're gonna re-record some of the stuff we previously recorded. Mm-hmm. The three songs on that second EP re- released, and then uh, a few of the songs on the first thing we released. Because we decided that we wanted to play those song or have recordings of those songs with a more modern mm-hmm. take and approach to them. You know, when can we expect to hear something from that? Um, hopefully, if I, I'm kind of hoping I get laid off from my job, because <laughs> 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 I'm union, so if I, I get laid off, might be off work for a little bit, and they'll you know put me back to work somewhere else, maybe. Um, but right now, working the 60 and 70 hours, it's been a little slow moving process. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one song completely recorded, other than bass tracks and my guitar solo, uh, a song called Reflections. Um, the guitar tones sound pretty awesome on it. I uh, used a pretty unconventional guitar technique on recording them. Um, there's a guitar technique or a recording technique that a lot of people use to record guitars called reamping, mm-hmm. where they'll record their an amp with a microphone or two microphones, and then they'll uh, have a another track uh, going into a DI, going directly into the system, where they'll use an amp sim and uh, create a like know, a digital yeah. amp yeah, type I know of what you're thing. Talking about. And uh, I, instead of doing that, I was like, man, what if I use two amps and just ran them in stereo and recorded them and did my you know rhythm mm-hmm. tracks left and right, and it gave me that reamp style to it, but it was real. And uh, so, because like one of my favorite things about music is like, how did they record it? Like modern stuff, I don't really like because it all sounds the same. It sounds you clean. You can tell when a lot clean. of it's too digital. It's too clean. Um, because back in the day when they did, you know, analog recordings mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, there's much more limitations that, uh, that limited their sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you couldn't record, you know, 20,000 hertz on tape, you know. <laughs> you can't hear that. Yeah. Um, now we got microphones and digital preamps that, you know, exceed mm-hmm. the range of human hearing. And because of that, we have all these harmonics. That, because there's studies that show, say that, you know, even the frequency content we can't physically perceive affects the other sound that we hear right so you might have a huge mode at like twenty four thousand hertz and that could potentially roll down somehow and and affect what you can hear mm-hmm. you know just because you can't hear it doesn't mean it doesn't affect what you do here yeah you know and so now we got all this super clean music with all this new digital stuff and and it's awesome that we can sound so great but at the same time it doesn't sound real anymore and uh so like when i when i think of like peak sound quality and recordings i think iron made it um because like there was no there was no bullshit crazy processing Mm -hmm. on their stuff like even when i go back and listen to like metallica's first couple albums there's so much reverb on their shit dude it's annoying but like but overall the recordings are still awesome i love going back listening to kill them all and ride the lightning and you know master of puppets and and uh slayer uh I love that old shit. I just love that sound. That's that, that's the sound I love. So your approach on this album is going to be more that old school approach? Probably not, just because like I am did, doing digital recordings. Well, but as close uh, to it as you can get, which is keeping everything real. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Dave did, already did the drum tracks. They're all completely done. And uh, he did everything real other than I think he did a bass drum s- sample. Um, I don't think he did snare samples, but he may have. But everything else is real. His cymbals, mm-hmm. his drums, like his toms. And uh, he used triggers for the bass drums. That's about it. And, you know, for metal, that's pretty traditional. Yeah, Has been since, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But 
I kind of expected that, and I was, you know, I was ready and hoping that mm -hmm. we'd have that, to be honest, because it's really hard to get that sound you want out of a natural bass drum. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, actually, his bass drum sounds pretty good live. It sounds get, nice and full. and get to hear and, Clifton bitch a lot when we record. <laughs> um, you guys going to title it? Uh, the, the name of the album will be The Rise of Nakamura. And uh, I have a, have a, uh, I have the art for it. I'll, I'll send it to you at some point if you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. Look at it; it's pretty cool. I bought it off a a guy that owns a little sole proprietorship where he does art uh, called Droned Covers. I think he's out of the UK. I just happened to stumble upon his website and I saw the picture. I was like, "Holy shit, that's what I need!" That's exactly what this album's about. <laughs> it basically had a, a like a, a demonic king sitting in a chair with all the the heads of all these demons just sitting around mm -hmm. him and stuff. And uh, I was just like, oh shit, that's exactly what all these songs are about, you know? Oh yeah. Like if you listen to the words to Homecoming, it's about you know, um, this this uh, this underworld lord who has a child that basically slaughters his entire legion of um, un underworld followers and <laughs> or and then takes it over and uh, brings Rathika to to the world, you know, and. Uh, that's why we were originally called Celtic Battle Gods. Mm -hmm. There's gods in our story too. Uh, that's kind of um, the the song Forsaken is about the people that are being in, being completely. Uh, they feel like they're being forsaken by the gods, Un, unbeknownst to them. The gods are are pretty much they secured themselves in a barrier to not interfere with humanity, mm -hmm. because um, the they felt that the balance was if they weren't there, the the demonic. Uh, creatures of Rathika would not come out either hmm. and for a few thousand years it worked and then finally the demons uh, when Nakamura slaughtered his it's this is all a fictional thing it's just yeah. a, you know it's just a he uh, Nakamura the name of our our uh, uh, protagonist slaughters his underworld father you know and uh, severs his head and takes over the throne of Rathika and uh uh, now he reigns supreme, as the song says, takes over, and uh, the then the song Forsaken. We got you know people are you know they're they're they feel betrayed, they feel hurt, mm -hmm. they feel forsaken by these gods. They don't they no longer believe in these gods, and uh, the then uh, there's so much more to it. They end up uh, there's another song where they free the gods, mm -hmm. and. Uh, with a special artifact. Actually, it's been so long since I wrote the the plot to this, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, so they free the they free the gods, and the gods uh, basically sacrifice their immortality and their deity powers, and they pretty much harness these powers and give them to humanity to use mm -hmm. for themselves to defend and and stand to fight for their you know survival and their liberty. Oh yeah, uh, the concept being able to maintain a concept like that over 15 songs sounds <laughs> like a chore but it sounds like you got it figured out man i i admire a concept album because i know how much it takes but yeah, i i just couldn't i don't think i have your patience to be able to do that i have a pretty cool song that i we started working on recently uh called orion's bow and uh that's another artifact that'll be in the story mm -hmm. um so basically the orion's bow um, they be basically use it and uh, they become hunters and they start hunting these demons mm -hmm. and uh, they're pretty much using the bow to take them out because you know obviously these, these demons have 
some type of uh, supernatural powers. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say they're mortal, but you know, it's not like they're regular organic creatures <laughs> yeah. either. You know, so they're they're chasing and running and slaughtering these demons the best they can. And you know, I got other songs where uh, people sacrifice their lives to to you know to try to save humanity. We got a song called "Sacrifices Crucifixion." They don't actually crucify themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a more symbolic, figurative yeah. thing. Um, it's just kind of like being a martyr, like mm -hmm. uh, like in. I'm sure, we're still recording. Cool. The red in, in, in religions, you know, like mm -hmm. they have like uh, religious figures and martyrs and stuff. It's just common in religion and stuff. And how while we do still a lot of our gods' names from uh, our story. Actually, I wrote it. I don't. I never ended up using this plot. Um, probably won't at this point but i wrote a plot where uh where the death of poseidon happens mm -hmm. where he uh takes a human form and uh when when the god takes a human form he loses his divine powers and then they slaughtered him and so the the power the mm -hmm. the mystical powers of the sea probably pretty much ceased to exist you know it's just, it was just a bunch of it's just the whole thing i was kind of inspired a little bit by coheed and cambria mm -hmm. uh with the concept stuff but i was kind of you know i was more into the the uh, when I used to read books like mm -hmm. a lot, I was kind of, I like to read like, I mostly read like nonfiction now, but back in the day I'd read like just fantasy type of shit, like Star Wars books or whatever. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that any of that like really inspired me. Uh, but, uh, I don't really know where I got the inspiration for the story. I think, I think that the inspiration came from when we named the uh, band Celtic Battle Gods. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, we gotta be called like battle gods for a reason, you know. And I was just like, man, we should maybe write concept songs. So me and Corey Kellogg and Chase sat down and started talking about it. And it was like, yeah, let's uh, let's let's turn these because our first EP is not uh, a concept album. Mm -hmm. um, some of the songs can tie in, like uh, like we can be free and stuff, but um, wasn't originally about it. Um, but I think the concept thing I don't know how much longer I'll do it uh, I think after maybe you know this album and some of the songs on the next one might be but after that I kind of want to start branching out and doing some some more uh, some more stuff like lyrically um, I tried to when I the reason I got into the concept things is because I wanted to try to do something that wasn't entirely political or too ideologically um, motivated I wanted to give something I wanted to give something to people where they didn't feel sensationalism where they weren't just relying on the emotion of music but mm -hmm. rather they could in, try to try to have an intellectual connection with music like I do I'm not really emotionally connected to music like most musicians are I, I think uh, I think of music being more of a language than it is of a feeling mm -hmm. you know and, we've uh, talked about that before a little bit maybe yeah no I remember a Facebook post we talked on about how you you've expressed it and you think of it more as a language because it was something about how uh <laughs> The, the emotion the music brought up and you you st you said it almost word for word what you said right there that you think of it more as a language and everything which is understandable too dude you have all the knowledge with the degree from Ball State and everything your approach to music is going to be different than someone that's not I don't, I don't want to say you're classically trained or something like that but you have theory and all that and me I Dude, I just started playing. I yeah, I'm not definitely not classically trained. I did study classical music yeah. in school and stuff. Um, 
which I think uh, classical music has definitely had an influence on my music playing, mm -hmm. especially tonally. I use a lot of the... Uh, most of our music is written very harmonically or harmonic minor-ish mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which is very typical of like the old, uh, classical and Baroque, mm -hmm. and, you know, Let's romantic see. periods That's of music. It. And um, nowadays, you know, you don't really know what you're going to be listening to because mm -hmm. modern music has changed so much. Some of it's incredibly simple. Some of it's incredibly progressive. Uh, there's just so much music is just a constant change of art. I mean, it n never mm -hmm. stays the same. I think that's one of the beautiful things about it. Um, I think that's one thing that I need to like consider at some point with heavy metal. I mean, heavy metal will be a dead genre, just like all all genres die. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't die is pop, and uh, but <laughs> if you look at it, like the pop music that came out in the '60s isn't the same that it is now. Um, it it still even changes. Changed, but if you look at what was considered pop in the '70s is different than the '80s to what even what we have now. So. And metal, metal has grown and changed. I mean, you were talking earlier about Iron Maiden, but if you think of, like, the death metal kind of movement there in the 90s with Cannibal Corpse and PSI and Obituary and that kind of stuff, that death metal now, or that death metal then is different than death metal now. Yeah, and the, the thing that sucks about that is, like, death metal was, like, I thought it was going to be huge mm -hmm. when I first came heard it i was like i was like oh man it seems like because like i was just a young immature mind and didn't realize it i was like man it seems like metal gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier i was like what is going to come next like how do you get past death metal well then i realized that like bands started kind of sloping down mm -hmm. from being heavy and i was just like you know what's what is going to come next and i never know what's going to come next with metal uh, it's just but it's getting to the point now where everything's kind of starting to be regurgitated as the same. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I feel like uh, a lot of guitarists kind of started listening to a lot of the same bands and started playing <laughs> guitar the same way. And I never, see, I never really learned covers and stuff. I mean, I did, but not a whole lot. So I, I pretty much spent the majority of my guitar playing writing my own music. Mm -hmm. um, I know it sounds silly and kind of weird, but that's just the way I did things. Um, I did learn a bunch of songs when I first started from other people, but... At some point, I just stopped doing that and started writing my own stuff. Well, you, you built that bass. And Pretty then, much. And then you grew from it rather than continuing to play covers. Yeah, I just kind of wish I would have took a different approach about it back then. Because, like, uh, honestly, in the most recent years, the biggest influence on my guitar playing, I'd say, was probably learning the stuff that I've played with Legion. Because mm -hmm. um, no, it's like... Dude, we haven't even talked about that. We're right? over an hour now into this. Um, Lately, for the last couple of years, my biggest influence on my guitar playing has been Legion. Um, because, like I was previously stating, I've influenced my own guitar playing, mm -hmm. but nothing's influenced me the way Legion has in terms of playing. Because I... Um, You're good. You can keep talking. It'll um, keep recording. Legion has is something that I've never done before. They're a totally different animal of death metal. Um, while Cannibal Corpse might be faster and, and more technical... Um, Legion is more like chromatically musical and like I feel more like I just feel something there mm -hmm. like there is a feeling that you get when you play with stuff in Legion and it's not like it's it's almost like you feel like just 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 this it's like I, I don't know the only way I could describe it is I feel like a really powerful engine running mm -hmm. you know and it's just I don't know what it is I just it just feels like power it's like, I don't want to say it feels divine or anything, but it feels divine. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. no uh, it, it does feel different, though. Um, I've 
I've never played music quite like that. And, uh, and I feel like lately it's definitely uh, influenced my guitar playing. Uh, like I brought up earlier, working with Dave and helping him, having him arrange a new mm -hmm. thing at Refs with me. I even had a talk and I was like, I don't know if this will work as a demon song or a legion song. And, you know, we talked about it and we're not really sure what we'll do with it yet, but um, I'm sure we're going to make it into something. Uh, but did they definitely influenced me to play to write that um and and i just kind of feel like ever since then all this new stuff i've been putting out has been slightly kind of influenced by their heavier style and uh that's kind of what i wanted to go for in the first mm -hmm. place anyway um because like i just like the heavier sound mm -hmm. and uh, i'm personally the music that comes out of my soul is more like tame real soft like the first few songs that I wrote in this band we don't play anymore you know and they were really really soft and and like not metal at all mm -hmm. um, even softer than when's he coming home you know um, and I mean they weren't even rock songs dude <laughs> and you know I'm sitting here trying to write metal music but I only write what comes out I don't just sit there and force myself to make music mm -hmm. you know and uh, so fast forward to modern times you know i definitely have established like a metal style in my playing and uh i really wouldn't have it any other way um playing with legion though is my this was a an opportunity that i didn't actually want to take um and i don't mean any disrespect by that it's more of the fact that i wanted to be a fan of that band and be able to watch them play mm -hmm. and enjoy it and now i have to be a part of it and and i am so grateful for that but it the the benefits outweighed my my uh my self indulgence of listening to them mm -hmm. because um I knew that if I joined this band of pretty much just guys that have nothing but experience and like my my idea behind it was what can I learn? Well, I should do this because this is an opportunity for me to grow, mm -hmm. to learn, to be better, you know, and that's why I took this opportunity, you know, and I'm really happy I did because um the short time that we got to play shows and rehearse together, like I felt like it changed me as a guitar player. It made me a better guitar player. Mm -hmm. it made me more solid. It made me more think about guitar differently. Um, working with uh, Scott uh, Lindell, he, he's a fucking, he's a killer dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a killer guitarist. Man, he writes some fucking awesome riffs. I mean, this guy is, he is he's got a mind for it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I wish I could write the way he does. I can't, though. I, I'm just... <laughs> I'm not that. You're not there yet. Well, I just don't think that his style and my style, I don't think I could ever be his style. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could, though, because some of the stuff he writes, I'm like, dude, this is genius. Uh, so Legion has a song called uh, Endless en Enmity. And uh, the, the riffs in that song are some of the hardest riffs I've ever played on anything. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's one of my favorite tunes I've ever played because, like, it's so different. And just the, the experiences like that are just you hardly ever run into them like you know you got bands like Zephaniah have, have you ever heard yeah, of them yeah. they are so amazing and you got bands like Summon the Destroyer also mm -hmm. equally as amazing you know and they're they're thrashy and they're just speed just mm -hmm. running all, all across the guitar and then you got bands like Legion where I get an opportunity to play a very disciplined super heavy technical mm -hmm. you know um, which they're still fast and stuff but it's like so much more musical in a sense, mm -hmm. and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, uh, actually, Zephaniah is like super 
fucking actually both of those bands that I mentioned are super musical too, but they take more of a melodic approach, where Legion than, is a more riffy yeah. approach, and uh, other than a lot of the arpeggio stuff that Scott does, not like fast, not that type of stuff, but he does like like melodic arpeggios, like he does stuff that helps get you moving. Like Legion's that kind of music you can just like it always. Every time I listen to it, I don't stand still. It just, it feels like something, like there's just movement with it. Before they invited me to come and play with them, um, I just got so enveloped by watching Scott Lindell play. Um, Scott Briner was too hard to watch because mm-hmm. he would sit there and move while he was <laughs> yeah. and, and made him move his arms so I couldn't really focus. But uh, Lindell, though, I could watch him play and uh, I could like focus on what they were doing. And I, I was trying to learn their songs before I even like tried to join him, I just wanted to like learn what he was doing on guitar because it just sounded so different. And uh, I actually couldn't do it because his, I mean, his hands just moved too fast, and some of the stuff he was doing mm-hmm. just didn't make any um, logical sense trying to watch and what I was hearing. What I was hearing and seeing seemed to be two different things, and that's you know, kind of normal when you're playing so fast. And yeah, and uh, but so it was a super on- huge honor to get invited to play with them and to learn all the stuff I have with them so far. And uh, that's actually one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to to get back into is playing with them again yeah. when they get off the hiatus. That was going to be the the ending question. Like, yeah. I didn't know if we were there yet, but my ending, I did it with Jason. I'm going to try to do it with everything. Like, what's the future for Demons and Legion? Uh, the future is uh, uh, to be probably to become more established with uh, Demons, uh, with Legion. Uh, my goal is to follow. Um, I just want to follow them and let them lead because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm still in the learning process with them, and uh, that's probably how I'll always treat myself in that band mm-hmm. because, like, that's that's a uh, that's an opportunity for me to grow, and uh, I don't have to lead every band I'm in, and yeah. that's that's awesome to me because I really want to learn. Um, I can only I can only push myself so much, you know, with uh, it's like a fighter, right? You got a guy that trains and a guy that spars. And you kind of need to do both to be effective, yep. right? And uh, it's like demons. I can only train. Legion. I can spar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, so that it's makes like, sense. So like, I have the best of both worlds playing with both these bands, and uh, I absolutely wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I would love to do more. My time is kind of inhibiting it, but I'm, I kind of got some little things on the side that I might be getting into, like just to, you know, fulfill that void of Legion. And the demons, because like mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get everybody together, and and uh, everybody's got so much going on, yeah. and work, and, and kids, and and I just want to play, man. And like, I, I I'm just the type of person I ain't gonna wait around forever. You know, I'll be there when it's when p- things pick back up. But in the meantime, you know, I'm gonna play the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 the field of dicks. <laughs> Haggard. <laughs> uh, give yourself a plug. Where can we find Legion? Where can we find demons? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know where the the Legion stuff is. I do know they have some stuff on Bandcamp. Um, demons, we got like eight total tracks recorded. Uh, you can find it on all major platforms: uh, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, just pretty much any of anywhere. the streaming stuff. Yeah. Um, what's next show wise for 
demons because you said legions on a hiatus so i'm assuming demons is the show band right now at least for now yeah well uh august 17th saturday carnival uh we're playing i think our set's at 5 30 maybe i could be wrong i don't know yeah dude um, i have i have no idea and uh i just made the fly that's actually <laughs> probably gonna be our last show for a while because uh we're gonna take a hiatus after that we're gonna finish this album and uh i'm gonna try to uh, start writing in some new material to get another album going mm-hmm. and I kind of what, what my main goal would be to try to do from now on try to just do like five tracks at a time so we don't get all bogged down with recording stuff because yeah. right now I got one song recorded out of like 15 or however many mm-hmm. we got to do and it's just like I just ain't got time for it you know, fucking working, 15 songs like next man. week I go back to work in seven days 10 hours a day and stuff so it's like my time's gonna be pretty limited mm-hmm. and uh it's just it's not the end i mean i'm not ready to give up i mean there's there's some stuff that went down yesterday that kind of made me feel like i didn't want to really play anymore but i knew it was just a feeling you mm-hmm. know and uh shit like that happens i mean not everybody's gonna get along there's always gonna be dramas Definitely. and we weren't even a part of that drama but it just it, it affected us mm-hmm. you know and uh, that's one th- thing i need i think bands should be mindful of is uh you know or people that even like are involved in the community is like can you set aside your pride to further and better everybody involved uh that and that's what I, that's kind of one of the reasons i brought up the uh the whole band that with the members that didn't like me earlier was that you know we do maintain a professional relationship mm-hmm. and uh we are not hindered by uh uh petty things like that mm-hmm. you know and i think that i think that you know we set a good example for how bands can get along without you know getting at each other's throats and uh, you know trying to and one, one thing I can't really get on board with is, like, you know, the whole flaw thing I got because the, the dude was just straight up blowing racist comments yeah. on, you know. That, and he, and that, it seemed like he did post a sincere apology. And if he did, did mean it, then, you know, I, this will probably be the last time I talk about it. But, you know, it was kind of recent. That's the only reason I brought it up, you know. And I hope he learned from it. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at this point, he made an apology. I'm not going to be the guy that calls him, a, you know, a POS anymore, you know. Um I hope that he learned from it. I, I like watching people grow and be better. Um, never was a big fan of that band. Don't, I don't even know their music. I didn't even know who they were. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I had heard of them, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but as far as the, the whole cancel culture thing goes, I mean, if I don't, if people aren't being racist or, you know, they're not pedophiles or sex offenders or mm. I just don't see the point in even really getting so deep into it, you know. Like, there's only a few things in this world that, like, I don't like thieves either. You know, fuck thieves. Like, that's one thing I can't stand as a thief. <laughs> I just, that, that irks me the most. Like, well, probably besides pedophiles, but, dude, yeah. I just can't stand thieves. I think it's just probably a personal thing. I've been ripped off so many times. Dude, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, any last little bit you want to add in before? Mm. Don't forget to tip your waiter. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, dude, my foot is numb.